us up in prayer. Um, we're going to start off in the scripture tonight, um, and then we're going to end uh, in worship. Uh, my prayer is, and I, I pray that you would pray this along with me, is that the truth that we pull out of the text tonight um, would lead us to a place uh, where in our hearts um, we worship. We're going to be dealing with some some heavy material tonight. Um, we're going to be dealing with death, and we're going to be thinking about how the the believer should look at death and approach death in general. Um, this is this is a reality that we are all acquainted with, um, that is unavoidable for each and every one of us, and that uh, many of us have already faced at this point in our lives uh, in the passing of someone uh, that we love. Um, and that we are sure to face in the future. So I want to dig into dig into scripture tonight um, and look at look at Christ, an example of Christ. Um, and hopefully, out of this, uh, we will we will be brought to a place of hope and a place of joy in our hearts. Even even though we're going to be dealing with uh, uh, such a, a weighty thing as as death itself. So let's pray in opening. And then we'll uh, just start by reading the text that we're going to kind of pick some ideas out of tonight. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you um, for the opportunity to uh, preach your word to your people, to your church. Um, it is such a, a great responsibility. I, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would, by the working of your Holy Spirit, move in me tonight. Uh, that I would speak only the words that you would uh, have heard by your people, Lord, if I speak anything falsely, may your Holy Spirit uh, just wipe that from their memories. Lord, as we dig into your text, help us to stick close to the text. Help us to pull out of this uh, some really deep, some really meaty truths uh, that, will, that will help us uh, when, we face, when we face death uh, in our lives, that we can face it uh, in a way that is, that is drastically different. Uh, than those who who do not know Christ and do not know the hope that is in Christ, and that that would also lead us to a place that we would share the hope that we have with those around us who do not have that hope. Uh, Lord, as I preach this tonight too, I, I also full well understand uh, that uh, we we are quite likely going to lose a dear sister uh, in the coming weeks and. Uh, that that they're not here tonight uh, because of the battle that, that they have been facing, continue to face. And um, I, I pray that uh, you would strengthen Miss Donna, uh, that you would strengthen Kip, uh, Lord, um, that as a congregation of believers we would rally around them um, in our shared hope in Christ, in our shared hope that death is not the end, that we have a hope for a life better than any life we could live here because our hope is in Christ. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would encourage uh, encourage them in, in these trials, um, that your Holy Spirit would uh, move in their lives, that you would move through uh, other believers, lead them to, to them to encourage them, to lift them up and build them up. And, and Lord, I also know that there are uh, those among us tonight who have uh, who have experienced great loss uh, 
whether it be deaths of wives or husbands or children or parents, uh, Lord, and, and I pray as we approach this text tonight that you would uh, encourage them, um, Lord, that you would encourage me and my wife and my family. We, we've experienced loss, um, Lord, but, but the hope that we have in you is greater. Uh, and, I, and I pray that we would hold to that. Um, I pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, direct the tone of the service tonight. And, and I pray, uh, oh Lord, do I pray that you would lead us to a place of worship, Lord. Um, that we would not be a people who, who, who worry too much about death. Lord, because the truth is, is that when we placed our faith in you, you made us immortals. Lord, we, we cannot die in Christ. What a, what a great hope that is for us. Lord, encourage your people tonight. It's in Christ's name. Amen. So we're going to be in Rome. Or, man, y'all see how I almost said Romans. Man. <laughs> we're not going to be in Romans. I may say we're going to be in Romans like for the next however many sermons I actually preach. We're not doing a series or anything like that. Right now we're just going to look at a particular event in the life of Christ and some of those people that he loved and lived life with here in John chapter 11. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Uh, we're going to read all the way through verse 44 for the sake of having the full picture of what's taking place here in our minds. And then we're going to go back and we're going to look at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, maybe 6 key texts in this. And, and we're going to kind of pull an idea out of this. Um, so let us read through the text, and then uh, I'm going to ask you some questions as we, start, as we start digging in. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of, uh, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews are just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought it was they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. 
Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she said this, she went and called her sister Mary, Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was, she saw him and she fell at his feet saying lord if you had been here my brother would not have died then jesus saw her weep uh, when jesus saw her weeping and the jews who had come with her also weeping he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled and he said where have you laid him and they said to him lord come and see jesus wept so the jews said see how he loved him but some of them said could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come out." Amen. Did Lazarus stay in the grave when Christ called for him? What happened? Verse 44. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. That's a, that's a lot of text. Church, I realize that's a lot of text, and we're not going to cover every bit of that. There's some key things that I want us to, to pull out of this. As we consider death, and, and I wanted to bring the whole text in mind in case we were to not get to cover all of it. The Holy Spirit moves through the preaching and reading of God's Word. So having read quite a bit there, the Holy Spirit has a ton of room to move. If I, if I could, I want to kind of direct us through this text. We're going to be looking at a couple of key pieces along the way here. I want to start that out. Um, can we be can we be real tonight? Like we're a small group. Can we be real with each other? Can 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 I get some maybe get some feedback from you guys? I ask some questions and maybe get some raising of hands. How many of you in here have experienced loss? Right. Um, how many of you in here have lost a husband or a wife? How many have lost a spouse? 
And, and, and when I do this, if you would raise your hands. And church, I want us to, to look around, right? I want us to get a feel for the impact that death has had among us. Lost a husband or, or wife, lost a spouse. Uh, quite a few, church, quite a few lost a mother or a father. Look around. Quite a few, quite a few lost a child. Look around. Look around. Do we not know the pain of death so intimately? Has it not made itself known to us in such a real and life-changing way? Those of you who raised your hands, it was quite... It was the majority of us by far, at some point through that, have raised our hands that we have experienced death. Can we be so honest as to say... So, um, among those who've lost, how many of you have lost and you were a believer at the time that you, that you lost? So it doesn't, it doesn't escape us just because we know and, and love Christ. It, we do not escape it. Now believers, who were believers when, when you experienced that loss, how many of you, how many of you, if we, could be, if we could be honest, prayed and prayed and prayed, and we felt like, Lord, where were you there? At some point, I'm not saying that you can't have moved past that now, but some of you may still be in that moment now. You may still think in your mind, Lord, where were you there when I cried out to you? When I called for you? How many of us? Right, like I want to be real with you. When we lost Allie, like I'm sitting there praying, and I'm like, Lord, like, do we not, am I not living? Like, is this something that I did? Like, is there not something that I could do? Lord, forgive me. Don't punish my kids for how sinful their dad is. Like, how many of us have had the thought in our mind, Lord, where are you now? You feel so far away from me now. How many of us had Jesus come along to us after we'd done the, the burial would have said to Him, Lord, where were You? Lord, I didn't lose my faith in Your ability to move. Had You but Spoken and they would live. I believe this truth, Lord, but where were you when I called to you? How many of us? How many of us? I want to, I want to tell you, church, that's a real reaction. Even for believers who've experienced loss. I want to comfort you in that. Christ loves you. You are the people that He loves. And your pain is not the result 
of your failing and falling. Or His lack of care and concern. It is not. What does the text say about Lazarus? When we look back at the beginning of the text, the sisters send for Jesus. They know that if He but comes and makes Himself known, what can He do? We've seen Him heal the blind. We've seen Him heal the lame, the sick. Time and time again, if He comes, what will happen? If God moves, who stops Him? Who, church? Who, who being sick among us, if He but spoke the Word, do we doubt that they would be healed like this? No doubt do we have. But our concern is that He does not come. And that He does not move. See, so often when we look at this text, what do we say? Jesus was four days late, but what? When, when Jesus is walking in and both the sisters come to greet Him, are they like, good night, I'm glad you at least made it late, Jesus. This was not for them a matter of Jesus being late. This was a matter for them of if you'd only been here. Right? We're going to see both of them say the same thing to Jesus when they see Him. This is not a question of their doubting who He is or what He could do. This was a doubting, where were you? If you'd been here, I know what you could have done. I know what you could have done. But I want us to see that the sisters who sent for Him, Lord, the one whom you love is ill. What do they know about Him? What do they know about Jesus and Lazarus? Jesus loves Him. Jesus heard, verse 4, but when Jesus heard, it, he said, the illness does not lead to death. Church, did Jesus get it wrong there? So, when he shows up at the tomb, what's happened to Lazarus? He's dead. Right? Like, they're like, he's going to stink. Right? He's dead. Jesus says what? What does He say in verse 4? This illness does not lead to death. And what happens to Lazarus? He rises. I want to tell each and every... If Donna was sitting here tonight and somebody give her the replay of this afterwards, I want to say to you, sister, this illness does not end in death. Because death is not the end. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? That death is not the end. Right? So why does Jesus not immediately go? Right? Why are we left with sisters showing up being like, Jesus, where are you at? If you'd have been here. If you'd have been here. So Jesus then... We're going, to, we're going to skip on. So, let's look at verse 5 again. So, this is not a question of Jesus' love or heart. And, and I want us to kind of get this for us in our pain. This is not a matter of Jesus' love or His heart uh, is lacking in any way for us. Verse 5, now Jesus loved 
Martha and her sister and Lazarus, right? No question. Jesus had love for them. I, I want to tell you, and, and oftentimes when we start dealing with these kind of things and we start thinking about healing in general, um, and, and you've heard me You've heard me in the past, church, say things like, you know, if you get healed of your cancer, you get healed of whatever, like, you're going to be dead nonetheless, right? None of you expect to make it to 200, right? Death comes for us all. And the truth that, that Jesus is trying to get across is that He did not simply come to heal you of your momentary illness. Right? Because had He just healed you from your cancer or from your pain and that been it, then you die and death had you anyways. Jesus came that you might have life that death cannot steal from you. 10,000 years from now, church, 10,000 years from now, there will not be a single one of us looking back saying, I got shorted on that side. Not one of us. Not one of us. When I meet my daughter Allie in heaven, do you think she's going to say, one day I got shorted? Not even once. Not even once. Shorted. As she walks with my Savior. Shorted. As she walks with Him for eternity. Shorted. Christ has come to give us life. So much so that knowing Lazarus would die. He could speak this truth. This illness does not lead to death. Do you know why? Because this illness leads to glory. Are you following me? It leads to God's glory as Christ raises Him up. And I want you to picture a day When all of us, dead and gone, He calls for and death spits us up together. Let us lay eyes on one another on that day. Let us lay eyes on one another that day. Because we will sing songs of praise and glory like none other like none other. Because no illness, no ailment, no sickness, no disease can rob you from the One who will call you from the dead. None. Death is not the end. And Christ is ruler over all. Sovereign over all. So that when He speaks, life, life verse 4, Shane. No other options. When He says, let there be light, there's light. When He says, Lazarus, come forth, He comes forth. 
And we, we need to get this. We need to wrap our minds around this bigger truth. Right? And this is what Jesus is trying to get across to, to them in this. Like, he could have shown up. Like, they, sh- they called for him. He could have been there. He's on his deathbed. He's like, Lazarus, come on, man. Get on up. Get on up. He wanted to show more than that. He wanted to show who he really was, which was more than a healer. Right? More than a healer. There is no doctor alive who can heal you from death. There is no treatment on the planet that can heal you from death. None. Yet Christ can call you from it. If we but believe in who He is. This is why. He's not late. He's not late. He's not unaware of the circumstances. He knows what's going on. Like, you will not breathe your last breath until it's passed through Him. Right? This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we serve. Sister Donna will not go one day further or less. Not one moment further or less. You, believers, sitting here in this church tonight, will not go one moment farther than that moment that He has allotted for you. Not one moment. And it may be today, or y'all may, may make it well into you, into the you, you beyond prime life, where you start saying, "Lord, come get me," right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Every day, every day. Well, you, you you start going from from the point of why is he taking me so young to the why can't you come get me? Because everybody that I know is already dead, and I'm the only person in this nursing home, and they don't want to take care of me here, and I can tell it by the look on their faces. Right? Either you die early. Or you live a long time and you want to be done and rid of this. You realize then that there must be something better than this. And that's what Christ offers. That's what He ultimately came for. He's not unaware of the circumstances. Before anyone ever told Him, verse 14, He tells his people, then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. This is the same guy who just before said this does not end in death, and he does not seem here to be confused in any way about what he's trying to get across here. Lazarus has died, and for your sake, verse 15, I want you to follow me here, and for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. How can you say that, Jesus? Lazarus is now dead and in the tomb. How can you say to the disciples, for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there? What would have happened had they said, Jesus, come on, the guy you love, he's, he's sick and ill. And Jesus like, okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to heal him. What would have happened? He'd have got there, they'd have been like, he's sick. Jesus been like, get up. Miracle, you've already seen these. You've already seen these. Jesus said, for your sake, I'm glad we didn't go. There's a reason. There's a reason he did not go. That's for God's glory. It's for God's glory. So he goes. And as he's approaching, what happens? One sister comes out. Verse 20. So when 
Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, how many times, how many pains, how many trials, how much hurt have we found ourselves saying that exact same thing? How many? Time and time again, it seems. Time and time again. As though Jesus was unaware Was he unaware of what was going on for them? Could it be that when he said, roll the stone away, Lazarus, come on out, and he came out, that it was better that way? That it was better that way? He's already already planted this seed with the disciples that it's for your sake. That it's for your sake. And now we see them saying, Lord, if you had... Been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 22. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. What was she expecting there? What was she expecting? Because as they get to the tomb, everybody seems doubtful. She had faith. She knew He could do whatever. But sometimes, in that moment, we find ourselves wrestling. We find ourselves wrestling. Hold fast to the truth. Hold fast to the truth that God can, in fact, do anything. Hold fast to the truth that there is nothing that has taken place in your life that He has not sovereign control over. Every aspect of it. Every aspect of it. He is not caught off guard. He is not blindsided. He is not absent-minded. He is not late. Ever. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha, in verse 24, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So, so we've talked about the resurrection in the past, and I want you to have all of those things from when we were digging through that idea in Romans in your mind. And then verse 25, So she, having a hope for the last day, a hope to see him, Jesus says in verse 25, Jesus said to her, what did he say? Man, when, when I read this, I, I, I want to put myself in that spot when he says it. Like I want to I hear it from his, from his lips. Because they were looking for a day. And they needed to be looking for a person. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. You, you think I'm not here? You think, you think I was not there? You think I got no clue what's passing by? You you think I don't know how you're feeling right now? You think I don't know intimately the struggle that you're fighting with in this moment as you speak to me now? Do you not know that in an instant it will change to shouts of glory? Do you not know? Church, He is the resurrection. He is. He is the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. What does this tell us? Believers, what hope do we have? What hope do we have? Life. And life eternal. Let's let's read it again. 
Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Yet shall he live. And then he throws it on its head even. Verse 26. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. Lazarus is dead in the grave. Lazarus dead in the grave. Lazarus never died. Never died. When, when, when the Pharisees, Sadducees come at Jesus and they're talking about dead ancestors, Jesus corrects them because they're living. Right? They're not dead. Believer. Believer. You can't die. You may close your eyes and open them in a greater reality, but you will not die. You cannot die. And one day, though your body may grow old and wear out, though disease may wreck and ravage you, there will be a resurrection of the living. There will be a resurrection of the living. You who live today will live forever. You were once dead in sin. You were once dead in your trespasses. But you've placed your hope in Christ and now you live for eternity. You're going to swap out these old rags for something better in the resurrection. That is an amazing truth. Do you believe this? He asked Martha, do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. If you but believe that, then you will never die. If you're here tonight and you, and, and you just happen to be here by chance and you're not a believer, if you but believe and place your trust and hope in Christ, you shall live for eternity. And that is a call that calls dead men and women to life. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And then later on, he, he goes in verse 32, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw Him, she fell at His feet, saying to Him, Lord. And what does she say? Lord, if you had been here. You imagine they were probably talking to one another about that. If Jesus had been here, he'd lived. If Jesus had been here. If he'd have just, man, we sent for him. He wasn't here. If he'd have been here. Both of them, yes. I think so. Absolutely. I think so. And I think we find ourselves in that same situation. This is, this is where that, that, that difference between God's sovereign mind and way of working and ours. But it's, it's not Him needing to be fit into where we're at. But us needing to be reformed in our mind and in our thinking to be where He's at. Right? 
And that's where, that's where the issue was. Like, Jesus staying behind, was He sinful or spotful? Like, here's the thing. They experienced hurt that they would not have experienced had He turned around and went immediately. Can we agree with that? Can we agree with that? That when I'm burying my daughter, I'm hurting more than I would be hurting had He healed her. Truth, your husbands or wives or children or parents, had He healed them, you would have hurt less in that moment than you hurt now. But how much more, how much more when He breathes life? Not just because Lazarus wakes up and walks out. Right? This is not simply about Lazarus walking out of the grave alive because Lazarus goes on to die later. Right? This is about Jesus showing them who death responds to. Who's the boss here? Who has power here? Christ does. Death has no power. This is why. This is why Scripture responds. Scripture speaks to death like this. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? It's swallowed up by Him. And He wanted to show this to them. He wanted to comfort them with this. And what do we find? She responds, If you'd been here, my brother would have died. Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. He was, he was moved and troubled. Why was he troubled? Was he troubled because, Jesus, or because Lazarus was in a grave? No, yeah, absolutely. It's unbelief. He was not concerned for, like, like he knows what's about to go down. He's been telling them all along the way. He doesn't now stand at the grave and he's like weeping over the fact that Lazarus is dead because he's got, all he's got, come on, get out. Get out. That's not concerning. That's not concerning him. You don't know who I am concerns me. I am the resurrection and the life. And you're talking talk like if you'd have been here, do you think that I'm only a miracle worker? Or do you think that I'm the creator of heaven and earth? Do you think that life and death answers to me? Because it does. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Because it was just a short time later, Shane. Guys, it was just a short time later that he's hanging on a cross. Die, and I'm, I, I wonder as I read this, and then I flip a couple of pages later, what Lazarus must have been thinking as the crucifixion and burial takes place. Like I know the way that we work, right? Like if you get bit by a werewolf and the werewolf dies, what happens to you, right? Like you're no longer a werewolf. So I'm, th- I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, so when he dies, does the magic wear off? I can see him hanging there 
Like when he dies, does this magic, do I die again? Does, does my hope end with that? Or, or do I think to myself, hold up. Now I was dead. And when I was dead, he called me to life. Do I sit in anticipation? Do I, do I sit in that moment thinking, you know, I remember him saying something about this. You know, when I reflect on these scriptures that we have, I, I see it pointing to this. And then what joy three days later when you hear that the tomb is empty. Because you, you know it firsthand then. Right? You know it firsthand then. This, is, this should not have called anyone off guard, though it did. Though it did. And this text kind of deals with that. Jesus is troubled like he's weeping and it's not because he's in the grave. Right? Like he's like, get up, wash off, let's hang out. He's troubled because you don't know who I am. It's not clicking after all that you've seen. You're not asking the right questions. This moment is for my glory. Lazarus, rise up. Lazarus, rise up. What what a sound it will be for us. When he says to us, my church, my bride, rise up. Do you think that we will hesitate? Certainly not. When He calls for us, we will rise. And when you place me in the grave, or when I place you in the grave, you are not dead. You rest with Christ. Until I see you again. And if you are a believer without question... Without qualification, I will see you again. Because we know who controls life and death. What an amazing truth that is. What an amazing truth. What an amazing hope that we have. That those who have gone before us rest with Him. That one day we will go to be with them. And one day, the hope of heaven will be answered in the resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because on that day, pain that we know, the hurt that we know, will turn in a moment to rejoicing. Lazarus, come out. Church, arise. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. For your many wonderful blessings in this life. Uh, Lord, it comes with its struggles. It comes with its ups and downs. With its trials. With its heartaches. With its moments of questioning. With, its, with the weeping. Lord, when we, when we are separated from those we love, we, we weep. Lord, but... But as we mourn as believers, we mourn in hope. 
we mourn in hope. We weep in hope because we know who you are. We know that you are the resurrection. That you are the source of our life. I pray that your Holy Spirit would comfort those in need of comforting. Lord, that we would rejoice in the hope that we have in you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the hope that we have in him. O oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? In Christ's name, amen.